Hey guys, Jared here with the Shooting Institute, bringing you this episode of Simplify the Chaos. It's a special edition, uh, i.e. Fireside Chat in Indiana with Troy DeHart. So, here we're here we're doing the podcast you finally made the podcast Troy how's it feel it's amazing <laughs> have you even listened to the podcast have a you, little bit when I'm forced when, to when you're forced to when yeah, have you listened yeah. you listened to one episode podcast, of podcast is good yeah yeah Rebels played it one day on the way to Texas so, <laughs> so you made it so you were forced to it was Rebels good though it. okay yeah. it was good yeah. you guys so, are the best yeah we are the best thank you uh, so you finally here at TSI we're better than you and we know it uh, so we're up here, been doing training up here at your place this week uh, for, a handful, for a handful of guys. We're going to be doing some training with some other law enforcement agencies and helping them in, the, in, in their, their fight against, you know, obviously all kinds of criminal activity, but in particular against human trafficking and pedophilia, right? And that coming up with Covenant Rescue Group stuff. <clears throat> so while we're up here, we want to do a kind of a special fireside, uh, you know, chat with you in this uh, in this super nice cabin that we've you know always stayed in i mean heck i've come here every year a handful of times a year since what 2008 basically your name's on it now so pretty much my name's on it yeah. right it's mine essentially it's yeah it's, it's instant stuff. reservations you know, you, call. you know what welcome to my cabin troy <laughs> deer beds everywhere i don't know if you can see this on the camera if you can't uh if you're listening to the to the podcast on like itunes or spotify or something there's there's like if only you could claim one of these kills. Yeah, if only I could claim one of these bucks. I mean, they got <laughs> I think that one deer over there. That's a hundred and what seventy inches? Yeah, like a little over hundred seventy inch. Hundred seventy inch deer. These are all just deer that y'all shoot out of your cornfields up here, right? Yeah, most of these deer come within five mile radius. Y'all shoot them in season or out of season? Uh, oh, always in season. Yeah. Okay. Legal good. kills. Legal kills. Not Absolutely. on spotlight. Not you sure? Negatory. Okay. All right. Legal. Yeah, the COs up here they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty. Yeah. Pretty hardcore, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so you got to stay legal up here. You'd be better off killing a person up here than you would a deer out of season. Probably would be. <laughs> yeah, sure, so. I want to shoot a red tail off. <laughs> oh, crap. So, I, I would tell a story about my brother Clay, but I won't. It's not <laughs> incriminate Clay today. Yeah, we won't incriminate Clay today. Um, so, where we started from. So, when I when I got to the SEAL teams, new guy checked in, was there for handful of months you know whatever half a year and wound up coming to sniper school so that was sniper school 2008 come up here to indiana i'm actually if i remember right and you you would remember some of this it was at the beginning of sniper school right i was looking for a place to go to church on sunday the chapel on base uh, up here wasn't wasn't open this is where we do our sniper school at right so there's not a lot of it's not like there's a lot of options i didn't know anything I was in one of those sniper instructor trucks, <clears throat> just driving around in big mud tires and all that stuff. The chapel on base wasn't open. Go out in town to get some groceries, come back in, and I see some people going in and out of the out of the chapel, and I thought, oh shoot, you know, there's you know, I'm gonna go see what time the church is starting. It's got, you know, different, it's got, you know, Catholic, Protestant, you know, it's got the different, you know, things. So I'm looking at the Protestant logo since that's where we, you know, uh, what I was raised in, and I'm like, I'll go to the Protestant service. And um See, see, see this guy standing right here. You know, for all, all, all y'all watching on the camera, this guy actually looked dapper. He was the one day I wear a suit. Yeah, shaved, clean cut. I see a guy in a in a suit with uh, 
you know, I saw a guy in a suit tie. I said, you know, I bet that's the pastor right there. So I go pull by. I said, hey, man, you the preacher of the church? He said, no, I'm a... I'm just here picking up guys to go to my church out in out in town, just picking up soldiers because you know it's a and all the National Guard that would come into the base, right? So I'm just picking up soldiers. You know, you want to go? And I'm like, heck yeah, dude! Let me go park this truck. I'll be back. And it wasn't probably a quarter mile, half mile on the road. I went parked the truck, ran back, hopped in the van with you, and, and went to church with with uh, y'all that evening. It was an evening service, right? Evening yeah. service. It was an evening yeah. service. So what what was the you know that's kind of a, in my opinion that's the sovereign hand of God. You know, working through an almost a divine appointment because I look at it now. I'm saying, shoot, that was 12, 13 years ago almost, right? Coming up on thirteen years ago, Jared Hudson meets Troy D. Hart randomly looking for a church service to go to on a Sunday evening while in while in Seal Sniper School. Yeah, it was a little different than that though. I mean, you're close to the story, but right, so tell I me, thought you were truly gonna like pull a fast one on me. So uh, no, no, what, what do you got? Like, what was it? No, nah, it was good. You're like, yeah, my dad's a Baptist preacher out of Alabama. Mm. I told you that the first time. Yeah, well, okay. I said, "Hey, I'm taking off base for this to the Baptist church I go to." And I had three or four soldiers there. It was going to go as well. It's kind of comical. You're like Baptist. My dad's a Baptist preacher now from Alabama. I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I thought, all right, took off. 15 minutes, no show. 20 minutes, no show. I thought this guy's totally messing with us. I said, all right, guys, we got to get going. We're going to be late. And sure enough, here you come strolling down through there with the old flannel. Yep, and they wouldn't let me. I couldn't take the truck back. You know, I had to run. I had to run yeah. back. I had to park the truck, and I had to go back, run out of our little compound cage back down there. The funny thing is that my was wife, that a flannel with jeans and cowboy boots or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I never wear a suit and tie. And I, and uh, that night, that night, my wife, that that week, my wife had bought me a new suit and tie for a position I held within the county. And, Wear a suit and tie that Monday, so I thought, you know, I'm gonna put this thing on Sunday night, just to, you know, see how it fits and got your attention because he thought I was a preacher and I thought that was kind of comical. But had I not put that suit and tie on, you may not have addressed me as the pastor. That's kind of in my mind what I thought it was all. No, I wouldn't have. I mean, I'm working God. Yeah, man, that's, you know, it was definitely. Yeah, like you said, it was the working of God. You know, I, I probably wouldn't have, you know, thought twice about it. Well, see, I'd been praying anyway because I'd picked up, uh, our church had picked up every, every, there was not a military branch we'd not picked up. And, you know, Green Berets, Rangers, we had uh, the Air Force guys. Um, PJs? The PJs, yeah, I picked up a PJ. And uh, mainly a lot of, a lot of National Guard guys, there's a lot of full-time guys come through, a couple of Marines. So I started praying. I was like, Lord, I, I know the compounds down the road. There's SEALs in and out here. Their snipers are training. And, you know, bring me one. You know, let's get the gospel out. And then I got stuck with you. Yeah, you got, hey. stuck, you got stuck with me. <laughs> no, it's a good move. So, at that, so from that point in time, though, now, let's look at it beyond our relationship, which we'll talk about with business, with TSI, since you were, I mean, you're one of the founding guys. Of that relationship, how many... How many SEAL snipers have you been connected to, been able to get into church, be able to share Christ with, been able to, to further the gospel with just in that community off of that one meeting alone, off of us meeting that one evening, going to church together. I think I went right up here to your house and ate supper with y'all. I think we had a, a dinner together and then you took me back to the base. Grilled what? cheese. Grilled cheese, that's right. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yeah, actually. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, it's funny how we remember those things from 13 years ago, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, as far as actually guys actually went to church, I mean, I, 
15, 20. Yeah, a handful of guys. I know when I'd come back up and hunt, you know, I was out here with my yeah, guys like Milky, Eddie, remember Eddie Bear, you know, um, got a, who else? Yeah, um, Milky was real faithful. Uh, Scott Lopez. So Lopez, was, yeah, man. Um, I talked I, I talk with him over Messenger, uh, like Facebook Messenger or something the other day. He sent me a message, I uh, say the other day. He's a good guy, real faithful. Yeah, good guy. And then, I don't know, some students filter through, and, that, you know, honestly, Jared, I just forget their names. Yeah, I remember you, we had you, Gamache came up with me. Gamache, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he's still in. Yeah, I don't. I haven't talked to him in a while. Great yeah, I guy. Think he's, I haven't talked to him in a while either. So, a lot of good dudes. So, we made a connection, right? That's further sniper school connections for you and NSW, and you being able to support the community and do a lot of great things. And your parents, your brother, being able to help out in the way they have up here. I guess it was around February 2013. No, it was January 2013. Somewhere around that time frame. Maybe it's a little, you know. Uh, but it's the beginning of the year. We we do our first class. We're up here with uh, with Bud, and uh, you set up a class at you know local farm a guy had. I don't remember where it was, but what I do remember is we had a class up here. And heck, man, we rolled in. We made like forty five hundred dollars in the weekend. And we all just split up the cash, you know, three ways. I think it paid for my trip up. We're like, holy cow, we made, you know. 1200 bucks a piece after you know the trip up was paid you know this is good money in our minds you know it was good um you know i'm still kind of on that navy paycheck right that's you know kind of held over i'm i'm now at the point where i'm out i'm transitioning through some medical stuff and everything which we don't have to talk about right now but you know i'm at that point to where it's not really i don't really realize that hey i got to make a living now you know you're you're working it's good side money bud is retired so it's good side money and that's that's kind of what we thought it was going to be you know yeah. a couple of pistol classes here and there right is that pretty much the first run of it yes yes and uh the curriculum was just kind of it was nothing it was it wasn't curriculum no it was hey y'all show up and shoot everybody shoot with the navy seal yeah Come on. show them how to show them how to draw from their holster show them how to do a mag mag change and that's that's pretty much it right it wasn't yeah. Definitely wasn't what we what we have going now, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's a, uh, you know, everybody uh, uh, grows into something, and we were at the infant stages. We didn't even know. Sometimes that's more fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, was a whole lot of fun. fun. Yeah, because um, it wasn't real work. We were just fun hanging out, yeah, shooting, just out hanging out, making shooting. some cash. Yeah. So, uh, where do we come up with the name the Shooting Institute? You're the one who actually came up with. You came up with TSI, the Shooting Institute, and then we talked a bunch of different. But I can't remember just where. Brainstorming it, we went up to the farm because we didn't have an office, so we borrowed my brother's office and just went up to the farm and sat down. Sat and around, just, got on a laptop, and started just seeing what other names were out there because we wanted to pick some names somebody had. And yeah, that's right. We wanted something kind of catchy, and it just somehow it spewed out. Yeah, TSI, TSI, the Shooting the Institute. Institute. So you can't even remember exactly where it came from either. You know, um, could have been you. Could have been ah, me. For, for whatever reason, I thought it was you. But yeah, we came up with TSI, the Shooting Institute, and uh, trademark. So, um, hashtag trademark. The uh, so we do the Shooting Institute, and, and and off we go. Right, we started it here. Bud was actually the one who started uh, the Shooting Institute. Yeah, Bud Litch. He he's the original. He guy started that, here. Well, yeah, he brought me in to help him out, and then I said, hey. Bring Jared in. That's where he came up with a name and developed this. DJ party. helped us some too, Nutsman. Yeah. yeah, DJ with his range over there. And that was a little bit after all this. Though, That's right? true. Yeah, it was a little bit, bit down the road. A little bit more in spring. Um, but we got a, uh, we started it. Now, what we realized real quick was me being partnered in a venture up here in Indiana. 
was, uh, especially one that was just side money, was extremely difficult. And what I realized is with some of the work I was doing, contract work I was doing, it was extremely difficult to, uh, to work, to partner in a business with y'all and do the stuff I was doing in Alabama. Now, now being out, now I finished, you know, having a business degree, going through my master's in business, almost done with that, I realized that that is, was a lot smaller matter than what we originally thought. But hey, we didn't know what we didn't know. And it was big to us at the time, you know, it was hard to do it. So I stepped away and started the Shooting Institute in Alabama. We were looking at trying to do some kind of a franchise thing or whatever, and that, that never panned out. Again, just two, two different business mindset. You know, one group of guys was looking for um, good weekend money, and I was looking for a way to, to make a living, right? And that's yeah. and it kind of turned into the same for you, you know? I mean, you're like, hey, this is more than just weekend money. This is a, you know, this is a needed paycheck to supplement my regular income, my law enforcement retirement, all that stuff, right? Right, right. Yeah, we did that for a while. Again, no real curriculum, and it was probably, I talked about this in the, in the first podcast of this year that we did when we were going through what, you know, Zach saying, hey, we need a founder story so people can kind of see kind of where it came from. Um, before I really started uh, learning how to teach, which originally started, I don't know how much of it uh, we got into that first one with uh, Tony DiNicola at White Buffalo. Um, I was, we were teaching classes, I was teaching and everything, and, but he called me up and you know, then I realized I saw the curriculum that he had for National Wildlife Control Officers Association, which we still teach for. We've done some of those classes up here. Um, you know, I saw what he was teaching, you know, how he was teaching his curriculum. And even though it was different because it's all wildlife related as opposed to tactical related and stuff, it's still shooting, shooting, still shooting. And, um, man, I was able to sit down and see everything that, that he put in, you know, he, you know, he had big PowerPoints, the guy's a PhD, dude's really, really Well, he set standards and he expected his shooters to meet these standards or you're not going to do work for me. Right. Or you're, or I'm not going to sign off that you can be a certified pest control. No matter, no matter what you pay. And so, and, and so for, for me, that was the first time I'd seen that in the civilian world. Obviously, we had that in the SEAL teams, right? There were certain standards that had to be met for you to be a SEAL or to go, for law enforcement, certain standards had to be met. But how do you enact that over a, a, over a civilian who just paid you a couple hundred bucks for a class or whatever? How do you enact that? But Tony was the first one that I, I saw that. I, he, he taught me how he did that. Um, and, and I was able to look at what he did with curriculum. I was able to develop, able to develop a little bit of curriculum with him for NACOA for a basic marksmanship class. And, um, I really learned a lot in the few years I did that with him, with National Wildlife Control Officer Association. Jason, uh, Jason Riggers was, was there at the time and he, he helped me a good bit with, with business thought, the business mind, because he did a really good job growing his business. Uh, Tony did too with some of the contracts he did and I was able to start looking into and learning um, what I wanted to, you know, kind of what I wanted to grow TSI into. Ultimately, with all that, I was like, yeah, I can, I can go do other things. And I stepped into working with Tony. And I saw with him, even though Tony, a lot of people work for Tony, you know, they get, they get upset because Tony is, you know, he expects what Tony wants. I, I always like working with Tony, right? A lot of guys think he's hard to work with because they're intimidated by him. I was never intimidated by the guy. But, I mean, the guy, this is what he expected. You knew where you stood with Tony DiNicola. Um and even even if he had pitch a fit and get mad at you about something, now that the, now that my business is where it is, I would I'll be honest with you, I can kind of see. Then there's us guys that work for you outside. Yeah, then they, yeah. This is what all. I expect out of you guys. We don't care. Yeah, we don't. This care. is what we're, we're gonna, gonna do. do. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know. So I kind of. But see it's all good. At the end of the day, we get the work done for you. Absolutely.
I mean, but I mean, but that's I mean, I, I understand, you know, why. I mean, it's difficult when you're when you're trying to manage everything. You got all this stuff going on, and and, and you got this massive project going on, and it's difficult to 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 uh, to keep everybody on lines. Everybody gets upset. Somebody 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 would get upset if you do one thing, and then the person right beside them would get upset just because you you just did something differently as a leader. So it's like you're always it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Every time you turn around, you know. Yeah. And. Um, that being said, it's not it's not a big deal, but I mean that's just the struggles of any sort of leadership. You know, when you're managing a team of, in our case, ten to twenty people, depending on the job, right? Yeah. You know, it's uh, between the, the the camera guy, the the podcast setup, the the guy running operations, let's say for CRG, the guy running training, meeting with the sheriff over something. You got all this stuff going on. Yeah, man, it's it's it winds up getting getting difficult. So it's good having a good team of guys around you. But I learned a lot of that from from Tony. I learned a lot of what to do, I learned a lot of what not to do, but I was able to learn how he was able to package it and, and turn that project into something that people could work on together and actually accomplish something because we accomplished a lot with that. But at the end of the day, you're the name that signs on. And you're, that's you're, it. Yeah. you're the name that's on it. And that's, so, that's when, the, when, the, when the guillotine falls. I mess falls, up, if I mess up. It's Jared Hudson. It's Jared Hudson. Mike messes up. It's Jared Hudson. It doesn't matter how much y'all can say, and guess what? Y'all are going to take ownership and say, no, it was, it was me that did it. It's all me, me but, but ultimately it doesn't matter. It's mine, right? It's it's on Jared, no matter what you say. I mean, I'll knock on the wood. We've, we've been pretty good been so pretty far. We've been pretty good so far. That's right. So, we've been pretty good so far. Lord's blessed in that area. So Hopefully he continues to bless in that area. So, you know, we, we were able to, the Lord just opened the doors. It's almost miraculous how it happened. You know, we're like the, you know, it's like the the movie miracle, the hockey movie, you know, where they somehow miraculously, miraculously win. I mean, that's, that's us. We're, we're dead gum, you know, it's just this little group of guys who are just swinging for the fence. And every now and again, we connect with one and, you know, we ain't put one over the fence yet, but we're still, you know, we're, we're succeeding in a, in really a hard, hard industry, a hard, you know, a hard community to exceed in. Um, Hard well, right. to succeed in, not yeah. even exceed expectations, just succeed. Well, the, the cost of ammo has really put a little bit of a chalks. You talking about just over the last year? Yeah, oh, dude, it's you know when we're you know when, when ammo's going for. Well, I mean, we're getting it cheaper than than a dollar around, which is what most people are paying for it. But yeah. when you have to buy, you know, when you have to float money to pay for a couple hundred thousand rounds, or you know, hundred thousand rounds, fifty thousand, when you have to cost you that much money or you've got to get put on a you know pre-bill and put on a on account a credit account and wait for 120 days so you've lost that money for for four months while you're waiting on your ammo to come in i don't have money or ammo you know or um a lot of times that's what what happens that's not always time you know that doesn't always happen like that but more recently it seems like that's what's been going on you know yeah absolutely same thing with you you know yeah and uh it's making it is making training hard especially for, for for civilians and law enforcement it's just like this week we'll be up here and the law enforcement agency they can't you know they don't want they're like hey we want to train them but they don't have they don't have the amount of ammo to be able to do the the training we would normally conduct for them so we're having to kind of you know tailor that a little bit so um, but that's kind of it for at least that's where you know the whole thing started yeah with a uh, with old man Troy old trailer troll himself how did, how did you get the nickname trailer troll people have been sending <laughs> messages to uh, to little Antifa himself over there. Um, you know, hey, how's, how's Troy Trailer Troll? And, you know, go online, pick out, a, pick out a Trailer Troll mug, 
Uh, ultimately, I blame you. Support Troy. Because I was running a tactical shotgun course for TSI and uh, setting up setting up range. I had to move a wagon around mm-hmm. that we were utilizing. And uh, Dave Peterson was with me out there, and I pulled the hitch pin on that tongue and had a lot of pressure on it, and it just felt like getting hit with a sledgehammer on my foot. <laughs> Dave looked at me and he's like, man, that's got to hurt. And I said, yeah. I said, it's broke. I, it felt like my toe went through the bottom of my boot. So Was it broke? Was oh. It broke? When you got an x-ray? Oh, it's broke yeah. all the way through with an offset. <laughs> They're like, all right, we're not going to, we really should probably pin this. Oh, okay. Man. We need to put a pin in this. However, if you won't use it and stabilize it, we think it'll be all right. Okay, Doc, I can do that. Next week, we're going to Texas to do a... Did that, did, did a job in Texas. You did the breach and stuff all the way hobbled around. That's hobbled around. We took that, we took that camper yep. to stay in out there. We had the camper, and Christian slept in the other trailer, the training trailer. And Ben, you slept out... Or yeah, you slept outside, didn't you? Between trucks. Yeah, he, you hung in a hammock between two trucks. Uh, it he's, was basically, got, he's basically out. Dude, it was good weather, though. It was perfect for that. I thought he got the name Trailer Trucks. He was hauling around the well, yeah, no, that's, that's it. He was in the trailer. Yeah, because the camper. <laughs> you'd be sleeping, so you'd be sleeping, and all of a sudden you'd feel that camper, you know, just like oh, rocking. You wake up, feel like you're in a boat in the ocean, and you see Troy be like hobbling around. Ah, ah. He's like, I can't sleep. This bed's bad on my back. And he'd be complaining. But no, it's just, he's just an old man who can't yeah, sleep. He's snoring. And... <laughs> no, man. So he's like, God, snoring. So Hartley said he woke up one day and he saw Troy was like <laughs> wrapped up in this blanket over. He was, no, he's laid up over under the table. I got under the blanket. table in the... <laughs> <laughs> table. He's just moving back and forth. You'd find him in a random spot in the trailer. Mr. Mr. Eddie. Look, Mr. Eddie, right? For those of y'all know Mr. Eddie, Eddie Gallagher. Mr. Eddie was on that trip. Yeah. <laughs> he he got the name Mr. Eddie from Hartley. Yeah. Who said he had to show him respect because he respected him so much. Mr. Eddie. So he all called all him. All the celebrities get a Mr. Instead. Yeah, he called him Mr. Eddie, kind of like Mr. Kevin, Mr. right? Kevin, Mr. Eddie. So. Mr. Eddie, every night by the time eight thirty ish or eight forty five, maybe nine o'clock, roll around, dude. He was, he was smoked. He was done. He crawled up his like little cocoon. He was. He would wrap up in this little blanket on the top bunk of the back part of the camper. Dude was out. Dude be out till you know six fifteen. You know five forty five. Whatever time he woke up the yeah. next morning, go for his get up and go for run. his little five mile run or whatever. But he would. Uh, he was uh, Mr. Eddie was was out of it night. All this racket going on, you know, music playing. Everybody, you know. Troy hobbling around the thing, but it was Mr. Eddie that gave you that nickname. Was it really? It was Mr. Eddie. Mr. Eddie came up that. He's like, Troy likes his nickname a lot more. Yeah, because Mr. Eddie gave it to him. That's a great name. (laughs) Mr. Eddie gave you that nickname. Mr. Eddie gave you the nickname Trailer Troll. It's like, he's like a little trailer troll popping around. (laughs) You turn around, he's all of a sudden there, but you feel the trailer rocking, you know, and some of you, oh, the trailer troll's hobbling about. He's trying to find a place to nest down for the night. I just want to sleep, <laughs> Troy. The thing with Troy is on all these trips. One thing he say, he loves staying in the Hampton, right? Oh, Troy man. loves staying coffee. in the Hampton. Got the right? coffee. Like, oh, I love staying in the Hampton. So he was devastated. You were devastated. I was pretty when we when we drug that fifth yeah, wheel out there. <laughs> we're like we're gonna stay in this fifth wheel camper because I knew what it was gonna be it's like. like. Eight dudes. I knew. <laughs> I've been down that road before, uh, dude. <laughs> You know, we just stay in that fifth wheel camper, and that's where you earned. You know, I know we're gonna try to wrap this up here a little bit. We're gonna gonna cross the 
the spectrum of things, but uh, at least everybody got to kind of be introduced to the trailer troll. But there's also another nickname for you that was uh, came up came up with by one Stuart Hartley. Uh, can, can, can we can we hear it? Can we hear I, it? I mean, it's it's almost sure. hurtful. It's it almost is hurtful. hurtful. It's hurtful. But I laughed really hard. <laughs> it's, 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 it's 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 funny let me, because let me fix it's my hair. It's hurtful because it's true. Well, what was it? What did he what did he call you that one night? I can't. I made a comment. He said, "I've had something about that'll be enough out of you, Fryer Tuck haircut." <laughs> <laughs> you know, fire tuck, your little, your little monk bowl haircut, your little bald spot on I guess the, I guess the gray coming in doesn't let me look like I got any hair. <laughs> yeah, it could be that, or just the overall bald spot on the back of your head. The trip, the trip back to Alabama, I think all of us laughed all the way. Jerry was like, that's the meanest and funniest thing. Oh, dude, it was so mean. Fryer tuck. Wow. Oh, man. There might be a fryer tuck coffee mug coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you turn the back of your head? Why don't you turn so the camera can see? For those of y'all see, for those of y'all not there, you know, we'll try to describe it. There's this light colored gray, you know, short hair on the side, just above the ears, around the back. It's short. The front is almost a perfect Lloyd Christmas bowl, and you know, it's thinning on the top, but it's a perfect little thinning hole on the back of his head to make him look like Friar Tuck. <laughs> Anyway, well, hey, man, thanks for the time today. Sorry for those listening, losing uh, losing my voice with the training we've been doing. Everybody been yelling out. Uh, we're pushing some some tactical shotgun courses now. Troy developed all the curriculum, so if it sucks, tell us it sucks. We can blame him. If it's great, I'm the owner of a company, so, hey, I did a great job, right? That's the way it works, right? Um, no, just check it out. Tell us what you think. Look at some videos, and then obviously we've got that running up here in Indiana, just like we do in Alabama. Thank y'all so much for listening. Go ahead and click uh, click subscribe uh, on the YouTube channel, the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And if you don't want to follow us on any of those liberal social media sites, we'll probably cancel us soon. Uh, go ahead and follow us on BitChute on, uh, uh, what's the other one's been? Rumble and Parlor. Rumble and Parlor. I'll get this at some point in time without having to ask the guy behind the camera. Rumble, Parlor. Um, all of those other things. Check us out on those as we're trying to get our following up a little bit bigger on that. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support. Go to the website, buy some stuff. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless the USA.